0: is a special returning guest who I don't I think I know why he picked this movie, but let's hear it from him. It's Tyler Henry, everyone.
1: Woo! Hi. Yeah, I feel like I, I just saw you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like yesterday or something, whatever. Yeah. Uh and, and we're here today to talk about Elvis from 2022. Now my theory on why you picked it is because you are a Tennessee boy.
1: Mm, well, it's part of it, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I figured, you know, learn at this rate, everyone in Tennessee has to know about Elvis, like they have to, it's part of the history curriculum, right?
1: It should be. I mean, <laughs> uh, I think everybody everywhere should know about Elvis, but, you but know, it's yeah, be- definitely. Specifically, Ten- it's, well, I mean, he's definitely, you know, and people if people were trying to put together images or whatever to represent Tennessee, he's definitely always at the forefront. So
0: Graceland and Graceland everything yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Elvis, the movie came out, uh, the screenplays by Baz Luhrmann, Sam Bromwell, Craig Pierce, and Jeremy Donner directed by Baz Luhrmann. And according to IMDb, the life of american music icon elvis presley from his childhood to becoming a rock and movie star in the 50s in the 1950s while maintaining a complex relationship with his manor, manager colonel tom parker um okay i want to jump to something real quick that like basically the end of the episode so originally i was going to Flat Ooh. that Colonel John Parker is the narrator of this because I got so angry with him and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but I realized that even this movie is showing you how manipulative tom Park well, what's his real name <laughs> uh, Andreas... Andreas
1: van Kalk or how Andreas I how Cornelius
0: say. van Kuk
1: Koke. He's, but yeah, that's the whole point of it. And that kind of came back home to me re watching it last night. Um, he's infuriating and it's just, but it's kind of brilliant because he's narrating and saying all these things happen this way. We, the audience, are seeing that he is completely full of shit. And it's so it works because of that. Yeah.
0: So this is my first time watching this movie. I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. Um yeah. I did want to see it in theaters, but life happened, and I just didn't get a chance to. And now yeah. you presented it to me, so I was like, "Okay, let's watch this." So I didn't stretch at the beginning because um, Baz Luhrmann like hits you in the face immediately. Yeah, and so I kind of forgot that <laughs> I needed I needed to warm up a little bit, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. And then also the movie is two hours and 40 minutes. So I was like, go fuck yourself. But then by the end of it, I was like, wow, that was a pretty fast movie.
1: <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. And I think there's a lot that still didn't make it. I mean, well, it's Elvis. I mean, there's so much. Um, there's mm-hmm. the mythical four hour cut, which I think Baz Luhrmann said, like, no, guys, that was the work print before we. were." <laughs> but I, I, for one. Would definitely love to see that um I mean if I'm at home, I can make my own intermission and go pee um but no, this was really I think this is so far the one movie that i have I went to the theater four times to see, Wow, yeah, and uh, I thought I would like it. I was excited to see it, but yeah. then I saw it the first time, I just couldn't stop thinking about it, and in the theater was just perfect, I mean it was made for the theater. So I mean, even though I still enjoyed it, you know, I still had like the spatial audio going in my AirPods last night of the Dolby Atmos mix on the 4K. Blah 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 blah. I mean, it still doesn't. Tyler's do got it. money, everyone. No, I like to make people think I do. I'm broke, <laughs> broke as a joke. No, that's kind of you know. like in this movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> there. You go, apropos of that. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, it just really um. Because I remember I saw my my friend Jonathan the first time, and it really and I I have to be honest I was a little worried with Baz Luhrmann at at first being attached to it. Now I'm not as familiar with him. I have to be honest. The only thing I've ever seen of his before Elvis was Moulin Rouge, which I loved as a teenager. It doesn't quite hold up the same. From like I rewatched it a couple of years ago and I was like, it's good, but how dare you? That, I well I love already. It. I do love it, but. Uh, as far as kind of what you said, I mean, Moulin Rouge really does just constantly hit you and the editing is so spastic. So I thought, okay, he's doing a bio- biographical film about Elvis, and I thought, how are you going to, I mean, how's that going to work? But he did kind of slow down, at least compared to Moulin Rouge. And yeah, that I mean, thing. well, so in Homewatch. all of his
0: movies, he does slow down at points, but it mm-hmm. felt like with this one he wanted to just get to adult Elvis. And so in the beginning yeah. of, of the movie, it's of Elvis. It's so rapid. It's so mm-hmm. much like we, we're just doing this cause we have to do this. We need to lay the <laughs> groundwork, but like, whatever, we don't care that the, the, the fast paced nature. This is what I was talking about when I said, I forgot to stretch because I was just like, mm-hmm. Oh, right. Baz Lerman, Insano yeah. edits. Um, mm-hmm. this is a weird movie because <laughs> I feel like Moulin Rouge is his true musical movie. Mm-hmm. This one I feel like is a movie with and about music, but it's yeah. I don't, I wouldn't consider this really a musical. Uh, I wouldn't really either, but I asked you about it. Room, yeah, but I but I feel like. Yeah. I feel like the mu at points the music is important. Like <laughs> I wrote uh uh is playing suspicious minds while Colonel Parker is selling away all of his life a little too on the nose. But y- yes and no, because like mm-hmm. yeah. it 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 is like a perfect musical moment. Because there are yeah. those times in jukebox musicals where they where you're like, I know why you picked this. <laughs> a bad song, but I know why you picked it. Yeah. And so, I don't think Suspicious Minds is a bad song, but again, I'm oh, like, not at all. I know why you picked this. <laughs> yeah, and
1: that's the other thing, But because of that and really, and again, it was better to just, like, hear everything. I mean, the way just the audio is mixed in this is brilliant. Yes. I mean, they combine so many different Elvis songs, and some that you wouldn't even expect would work together like um a combination of crawfish and fever, you know. And I think there was another one in there. Um and then the medley's well there's one medley in particular that it didn't still did not appear on the soundtrack album when they did the deluxe edition. It's the second medley of the 68 uh, comeback special which starts with the gospel number and you can hear Guitar oh. Man and you can hear uh Tiger Man and um I wanted that uh it's it's just brilliant and uh i mean i did (laughs) i did my best like bootleg job on that but it still wasn't i'm like you know baz i kept like commenting on baz lerman's instagram at the time too i'm like okay thank you you're putting out the deluxe edition soundtrack please put the second you know i was very specific about it. please put the second 68 comeback special medley on there please 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 and i think it was like i was up really late that night it came out i looked on spotify i'm like okay there's that one that was missing there's that one there's a and it wasn't there
0: oh I rude mad. i got is so there mad. is there though the moment when backstreet's back on there
1: Oh yeah, so they've got they did that one and they had the the Britney Spears matchup, which I totally missed. The I first missed the time. Britney
0: Spears one, and like yeah. so again outlines everyone. <laughs> My outlines, I read out all the songs. I didn't know anything because in this, <laughs> from what I found, um, I just found a list of songs that I guess are just at the end of the movie. You know, like when they give all the credits to everything, and mm-hmm. that's what I found on IMDb. And all of a sudden, I'm like, Toxic and Everybody, Backstreet's Back? How is this? How? And then I remembered, oh, right, Baz Luhrmann. Um Yeah, but, it's perfect, actually. Yeah. But they also list songs that are recorded by Elvis and mm-hmm. that are recorded by Austin Butler. And some of those, like, obviously, the Austin Butler songs, I feel like I can't tell no. who is singing what. And I believe that's a fantastic job on their end.
1: Oh yeah. So what I what I know for sure is uh, the early part of the movie. It's it's when you hear the songs. It's Austin Butler. He's so he was definitely like younger Elvis. And I've read on there, like even on the IMDb trivia, uh, it says later on it's a mixture of Elvis and Austin, which to me just sounds like Elvis. And on the soundtrack album, it's just listed as Elvis, those later songs. So if it is indeed a mixture, I mean, but again, he's Austin is the reason I think that I just and I didn't I didn't know anything about him before. I don't
0: I, I don't know this person. I think he's a
1: he was from Disney Channel, Disney Channel. Yeah, Nickelodeon. And so and then when I found that out, I was like, OK. But he just and you, I mean, you can see it anyway. I mean, he just literally became Elvis. It kind of. It's, I think some of it's still been kind of hard for him to shake off. Oh, but yeah, this is
0: yeah. gonna. This is this movie's gonna fuck him up unless he's in therapy right now. I have a feeling. Oh yeah, like he went. He went to places, and I found yeah. I found this fact on IMDb trivia um, that I want to share with you and you, the listener, that. Austin since we're talking about Austin Butler he originally for his audition tape he originally recorded himself singing Love Me Tender but he felt and I'm paraphrasing this fact by the way he didn't like it because he felt like he was an impersonator so then um that one day he decided to change his song to Unchained Melody and and it was um it was after he had a nightmare with his deceased mother dying again mm-hmm. and so he apparently recorded himself doing it in like sitting at a piano in a bathrobe yeah. and Baz Lerman made a comment later saying was it an audition or was he having a breakdown
1: yeah and that's what's so weird uh, and uh, you know it the movie from the first time I saw it in the theaters <clears throat> really evoked some emotions out of me
0: that I don't know if I really expected it to. Oh to put, yeah. To oh put, yeah. Watching it. I mean, I didn't see it in theaters, unfortunately, but even watching it for the yeah. first time when he does, when they end the 68 special with, is oh, that if I can dream, if I
1: can dream. And that's my favorite song and the actual performance i i can watch that anytime on youtube and i cry
0: tears were welling up
1: yeah like it's, i was I cried more last night
0: i found myself
1: crying even more last night just watching it in my living room what i wanted to say you know just like though even though from the first time i saw it i was coming in though personally with an emotional reaction to to this uh this is one of the rare times i'm going to get just a little bit serious <gasps> Okay. On your show, I know I'm normally all goofy. Let me get the popcorn this, ready. <laughs> I know this movie was was a big deal um, for me because uh, I uh, one of my my favorite uncles, my uncle Boyd, he just passed away suddenly in 2020. It was kind of like right before COVID actually hit. He had a heart attack, and he was a mentor to me, and I just looked up to him. And he was like a second dad, um, but he has uh, he was always obsessed with Elvis and my oh, aunt Pam wow. still, still has all his, uh, Elvis stuff in, in the house. So he's still kind of there. So I came to it with that. I had this feeling. I was so mad cause I wanted him to be here. Cause I wanted to share this with him. Yeah. And I thought that, and I, I think I saw, so I was a little nervous at first cause I'm like, this better be good for him. Uh, but we we had that closeness because it, you know, uh, he so basically he loved Elvis the way I love David Bowie, and my family was supportive. But I felt like he was the one who got it, like he understood why I had to have multiple copies of albums, and we shared that love because David Bowie and Elvis had the same birthday on January eighth,
0: a few oh, years shit. apart. Well, yeah, yeah, both born on
1: January eighth.
0: So, so, so are you? But are you a fan of Elvis? Oh, besides... I always was
1: yeah i always was but this written but this really made me do a deep dive but yeah i know so anyway the uh watching the if i can dream sequence which i know the whole 68 comeback special that's one of the few things in this movie that i think is kind of exaggerated like the circumstances around it i think it's mostly true everything else though is pretty accurate um but that song always makes me emotional Mm-hmm. and in the theater so I was with my friend Jonathan and then when we went and saw it so he was I think he was on my right and I had this empty seat on my left I just this is important okay, there's a okay. reason there's a reason I'm going you're,
0: set, you're set in the place I got it
1: yeah so I had an empty seat right next to me you know and this weird feeling happened during if I can dream which has always made me emotional and I just for some reason looked over at this empty seat and I just like felt this presence oh. with me and uh i even though i was crying i just started smiling and it felt like my uncle was there watching it with me you know mm. and so it and i it really i just you feel sometimes certain things and uh it's been where some of my other family they still won't watch the movie just and like because it's too hard for them because we think of him
0: that is understandable but, yeah yeah
1: and i knew though also the first time i watched it what got me was when you know gladys his mother dies and i because austin just goes there and then i found out that austin lost his mother at the same age as elvis at 23
0: oh shit i realized it
1: was the same Mm -hmm. they were the exact same age and so you see austin just let himself go there and just you know when he's in the closet just like holding on to her clothes and then that scene when he He's on the steps with Vernon, and it is that photo that they took. You know, which that's heartbreaking that they have all this press around. Um, but lots of other things made me cry last night. I, I mean, when Le- when Priscilla leaves, and the little bit that we saw of Lisa Marie as a little girl, especially near the end, I which that made me cry because when you know we lost her. I'm yeah yeah.
0: I'm happy that they waited to have an actor for Lisa mm-hmm. Marie instead of shoving, you know, the kid in our face a lot. A lot of the time it was pictures or, mm-hmm. you know, there's that, I believe it's another, I mean, this movie is full of like famous pictures and videos, I'm assuming uh, of...
1: Oh, they're hidden throughout, yeah, too. Yeah,
0: yeah, like the wedding picture, the picture of them holding the baby, which, by the way, so I'm not a huge Elvis fan. I do like Elvis, but I'm not like you, Mm -hmm. your uncle, or my mom. My mom (laughs) is a huge Elvis fan, so I told her, I was like, oh, I'm doing a recording today on the Elvis movie. She saw it twice. Now, For you, okay. So you saw it four times in theaters. That is mm-hmm. ten hours of your life dedicated to this movie. My mom saw it twice. It's five hours, and like mm-hmm. my mom is not one is it, when she says that she sees something twice, you know she loves it. So oh, yeah, and especially it's mm-hmm. Elvis, and of course mm-hmm. you know you're a little, you're a little like okay, are you gonna get the details? Are you what new information? Yeah. And yeah. so. I asked her, I was like, well, because there's a couple parts that I was a little fuzzy or confused on. For instance, in the beginning, Mm -hmm. when he's, well, towards the beginning, I should say, when we were first introduced to Elvis and he's at that fair or whatever.
1: The the Louisiana Hayride or what what they call it. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. And he's there and everyone loses their goddamn mind. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I was like, mom was Elvis the first like sexy singer? And she just said, yes, he was. Because before then, mm-hmm. nobody would wiggle their hips. Nobody mm-hmm. would do like no popular music. And obviously in this movie, we're talking they're also like getting into the segregation. Yeah. Um uh We get into the racism of America and everything. So at least in white culture, there wasn't <laughs> anybody like elvis right because elvis was so immersed in the black culture of the time well that's what he grew up in yeah yeah i mean i mean i i honestly feel like elvis is the most anti-racist public figure we've ever had a a white anti-racist public yeah
1: he is and that's the thing (laughs) is still to this day there's certain people that will try to to say to make it to make him out to be a racist. And it's like he you see him with B.B. King, and I've seen clips where B.B. King talked about hanging out with him. James Brown loved him. He they couldn't get him apparently to leave the coffin when Elvis died. I mean, they had to like you know, because he was just so Aww. upset. But that's the thing. I mean, he didn't appropriate it. And I think the thing that and possibly younger people today, if they don't really understand the history. I mean, you had people like Little Richard who came onto the scene at the same time. Unfortunately, a lot of the radio stations would not play the black artists. Right of that time, it's not right that that's the way it was, but that's the way it was. And Elvis brought in, you know, unfortunate, like, you know, I just, it's just the way that it was. It was the fucked up time that it was. So, like, because how, Elvis? I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say because Elvis was white they would play him and then, you know, he was using that black style, but he, you know, because of that, and I've even heard James Brown say it. I mean, then that became popular, that style. And so they, the black artists who kind of originated that they were able to get airplay. Yeah. It's not right. It shouldn't have happened that way, but he, I don't think he was think like he a gateway. He was the, yeah, it wasn't a cult. It wasn't culture to me, cultural appropriation. He was, that's what he knew because they he grew up with that, and I think he had such a respect and appreciation for it.
0: Do you know because I believe mm, what's her name um crap <laughs> sorry uh the character Yola plays uh sister Rosetta Tharp Thorpe yeah, Thorpe? Uh, Thor, yeah. she's the one who wrote Hound Dog originally.
1: I guess so. I haven't. I mean, that's the thing. I actually learned a lot in this movie. I mean, because even though I've loved Elvis forever, well, I, just, yeah, I mean, I, I learned a lot because I didn't know a lot of the story. Um, I think she may have. I mean, she's been kind of listed. at I'm probably going to get this wrong. I shouldn't even be attempting, but like the godmother of rock or, you know, and I've, I've seen like a clip of her before, like right, With the guitar. And, um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm,
0: I guess she might have. I know. Oh no! I'm but. sorry. She did it. She didn't write it. It was written by. It was ri- written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. Originally recorded mm. by Big Mama Thornton.
1: Oh, Big Mama was. Thornton. Okay.
0: And then Elvis um, got his hands on it. And honestly, I feel like in this movie. They made Colonel Parker out to be a ni- like a a nicer person than he was in real life. And he's still the villain of this movie. Like, let's be real here.
1: I thought they made him a bit more villainous, but he's really I mean, it's that's how he was and I didn't know that till I but I remember I there's a great I think it was on HBO, it was a few quite a few years ago, it's called Elvis Presley, I think the searcher. And it was like a four three or four part series, and it actually had actual footage, and so I learned even more because um, I really found Tom Hanks over the top, <laughs> to put it mildly, his performance, but it's really not that, that far off. I no, mean, and I, I
0: I, feel like there are moments, though, in the movie that we're supposed to feel sympathetic towards him, but I'm not sure if that's because it's Tom Hanks or if that's yeah. actual writing, because I can't it's remember the last time I can't remember the last time I saw Tom Hanks play a villain.
1: This I feel like this was kind of one of the first times he did, I think I feel like I remember reading or hearing that that's kind of part of the reason he was really interested because he always gets to play, he always has to
0: play the good guy, you know. Um, and what's also interesting about yeah. this is that he's not like twirl your mustache villainy, <laughs> like, yes, he's in he's greedy and everything, but mm. it feels like, at least with Tom Hanks's portrayal of. Colonel Parker that Colonel Parker lied to himself so much that everything he says he thinks is true. We're like Oh yeah, he's a pathological we're, we're, liar, yeah. We're like he said we were working towards this, we built this rock and roll um yeah. I do believe I didn't really I I forgot to read much into him, but I do believe things that are said in the film like the fact that he was the first to do an international broadcast. He was the Mm. First, to do like major merchandising on an entity, I do believe those are true because, like, I think, yeah, because like this movie does pay a lot of detail, like, pay a lot of uh respect to the details and to the history of things, mm. down to like you know the cut of the suit to yeah. although be reminiscent of Elvis, but to also fit Austin Butler's body,
1: yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, when you look at that, and then you look, and that's the another brilliant thing. Um, I forgot to mention, I feel like that was an, one of the reasons I kept going back to the theater was because there was so much I felt like I missed. And then, like, the next few times, I noticed that there was even more footage of actual Elvis hidden all the way throughout. that I mean, and a lot of the, one of the most brilliant. Pieces is at the very beginning with that big fanfare and an american trilogy on um, i think it's like the left side of the screen is elvis right side of the screen is austin butler same suit and it does that to where throughout oh. the whole movie yeah and then they go over his like um they did just kind of glide over his film career which i think is okay because he really hated doing those but uh, I, those I, I, corny movies but you see real elvis and then you see when they did show the uh Hawaii satellite concert, all the footage of that is real Elvis. So,
0: oh, yeah, that I mean, yeah. you could tell uh the movies, the that mm-hmm. the the um concert, and especially at the end when you were when they were like, "This is what we recreated, everyone.' Which I actually really love that I love that
1: it ends with real Elvis, and that may always makes me cry too. That and got it's... me
0: very emotional too because he's a. Uh, He's what is he saying? They ended on the unchained melody again, yeah. But now Elvis Elvis is singing it, not this weird mixture. Potentially, it's only Elvis, but it's not Austin Butler playing, it's Elvis singing and Elvis doing, and it's beautiful it is
1: especially because it is essentially a remix or they've added on the rest of the band I mean the actual performance was just him on piano but I really love how they added the background the backing singers also because uh I heard it a little bit more in the actual movie but on the soundtrack I mean bless his heart he at the very end of that he tries to he just can't hit that note anymore so it does kind of just kind of go you know but uh you also kind of forget that or don't even notice it because you're just so into it and the emotion but i love the way it goes from austin butler and then it shows oh i can't remember the kid's name but he's so good Um, which
0: which character
1: he's the kid who plays like kid elvis so he's not in it a lot but they have the kind of like a slow motion uh shot of him running towards that tent revival again and then it cuts back to real Elvis singing Unchained Melody. And then the rest in the the rest of what we see is real Elvis and it goes, I mean there's that gorgeous shot of him walk I mean early on walking in grey is black and white and he looks at the camera and I swoon and scream every time. Through tears. Um,
0: um so, are you but, talking about Shaden J, I believe that's how you pronounce it Yes, his name. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is young Elvis, yeah. He is and this is the one, the kid who's wearing the Shazam.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he looks, I mean, he looks like little Elvis.
0: And it's I was amazing. so I was reading that um because in that moment he's blonde, right? Yeah, that's
1: how he he was born blonde. He's a natural blonde.
0: Elvis is a natural blonde. Austin yeah. Butler is a natural blonde, but in the movie, whenever Austin Butler is Elvis, he's wearing Mm -hmm. either like a series of wigs, or he dyed his hair. I believe his hair. He
1: dyed his hair. I think, uh, like the early Elvis, and then I had to kind of go to wigs. You know, as it as it went on.
0: Yeah, which I I also I liked. mm, I kind of liked that this went over his life, like the story of his life and everything, but. I think we need like a series or yeah we need i mean there's also the other documentaries i know there's another film with kurt russell as elvis
1: which i've never seen but i mean i I know my mom have, has, had said she that one was good and i was like well and now but it's it's almost funny i can't imagine it's almost like i can't imagine anybody else i just totally bought into austin's performance and he also brought with it just this same sort of charisma that Elvis had where you just can't take your eyes off him you know
0: but there's there's part of me that I do like Baz Luhrmann but honestly that opening that beginning was just too much was just too fast and Mm -hmm. like once we got past that and we got further into the movie and we settled down I was like ah okay but honestly I feel Mm -hmm. like the two hours and 40 minutes was not enough time to tell us to tell like, the that's what I'm saying. Elvis.
1: That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm all for a four hour cut coming out. I'm surprised he has, you know, and I mean, again, I'm fine with the film career section being, you know, gliding over that, but there's still, it still feels like there's big chunks that we're missing, but you know, you can only do, but there was attention paid on, I guess to the most important parts. I mean, I really like the sixty-eight comeback special being like the next big chapter as far as the film goes, um, right? And I do like that it's before he's goes off goes off into the army. You know, there is a big emphasis on just sort of like the outrage he was causing just by moving which it's it's really and i think that was important because it's hard especially for the kids today to understand that because i sound i'm gonna sound i sound like such an old fuddy duddy now but like the artist these kids have the you know should be a shame but i mean that was the the way he was moving it was very you know and the he way is he is a trailblazer yeah yeah and i think i you know i always have to bring up john waters somehow in these episodes Right. but John Waters. I think they had asked him a long time ago, um, or, or whatever he was talking about. You know, of course he's gay. When he he said, oh, "I knew, I knew I was gay the first time I saw Elvis Presley." I think that's kind of true
0: for me too, because I saw, you know, and it gave you the thumbs up again. Thank you, thank you, Zoom for that. That's either but, that is either Elvis or Uncle Boyd, <laughs> right now. But I honest, I feel like
1: mm, that's so
0: weird. I I yeah. Well, yes, that is weird. But That's I feel so like in this movie, we did kind of see that because they well, were kids. Th- there seemed to be a couple of boys. Mm-hmm. I, I there. Mm-hmm. There's not just the one. There's a few others, especially in the in the sixty eight comeback special.
1: Yeah, when they're all around. Been, right. Yeah, I would have been right there with them. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about that or um the other day, or I knew that you and I were going to be talking about this. I was going to be rewatching it. Because that horrible racist senator, which nobody remembers him now, which is good. But I looked him up because I was trying to find his children. I was trying to see if it, Wikipedia said anything about his son being gay, to see if Bazler and it didn't say that. I the only thing I could find it said, which doesn't mean anything. is I think he had a wife and children. The 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 son that we see because it just it really focuses on him when they're watching him on the TV, him with his mom and sisters, and he's just you like.
0: Can you can make an argument that elvis um like turned on a lot of women but also a lot of men wanted to be him so we can oh, make yeah. the argument that m- potentially that is what that w- what is happening with that boy where he's like this is the epitome I, of cool and i, I want to that be thought. that but however on- honestly i feel like this this actor made a strong choice <laughs> or no, you see the look in his
1: face i'm sorry it's yeah, just, no, he the look
0: but then but then with the 68 special some of the some of the males and that the the boys the men and everything mm-hmm. i mean some of them could have been like uh this is he's still cool i want to be cool like him some of them mm-hmm. at least in this movie i i also haven't watched i'm really bad when it comes to elvis because like I listened to a lot of his music I grew up mm. with it because my mom was, like I said, my mom was a big Elvis fan. Well, um, I watched some of his movies but like, I, I didn't... not seen any of them. I feel like I've yeah. watched like one or two of them growing up, but like... I always I, knew I, that I've,
1: they were really corny and that he hated them, so I, I've never really sought them out. Now, I do like some songs from the soundtracks and I've never seen... I think... Other than If I Can Dream, or that's my favorite like serious Elvis song, but Bossa Nova Baby has always been my favorite.
0: Uh, I honestly but, yeah. thought... Be, okay, so I I, <laughs> I read about the 68th special in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously they took some dramatic license. It turns yeah. out that Colonel Parker was not part of the rehearsal process. So, yeah. and I wasn't sure <laughs> what was... Like, were they... They were recording it, right? They or were they rehearsing it? What well, was it was a, it was
1: both. I mean, they had to rehearse it and then they recorded it. I think over the summer. I mean, and that's and the as the film makes it clear too. I mean, of course, you know. I mean, that was the first time Elvis had gone back to music. Uh, that wasn't a film. That wasn't a silly song in a silly film, you know. And that was right. definitely the first time he had played in front of an audience in a long time. So, so there was lots. I think over four hours of footage. Total was shot, and he had a lot of flub ups, and <clears throat> I think there's all of that has been released on a DVD Blu-ray set, but the Criterion I, I don't, Collection I, it should be. <laughs> but no, I remember I um well, that was the thing when I I've always loved 68 Comeback Special Elvis, especially that leather suit. I think that's the best he ever looked. Although when I I, I had to rent it on Prime like last year when I was mm-hmm. rediscovering Elvis because of this movie. And I just watched it here in my room. And he, there's um, that whole, in the 68 Comeback special, there's this whole very long uh, number that's basically the song Guitar Man. But it uh, starts with him like in this old denim. Or it's a Canadian tuxedo, old denim, you know. And he's just, uh, you hear his voice, but he's not like, it's like, what's he singing? It's something like Nothingville. Like he's just wandering around. And the way he looks at the camera, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. He is, it is the sexiest, he, I'll have to find the clip and send it to you. Great. I just, he is so hot. And it's just, I, it would have been hard for me to have been alive at that time and, and being, you know, to have to suppress the reaction because of society that Elvis, uh, I'm thankfully we are in a time now where I can be open about my my horniness for
0: Elvis. But back to my back to what I was trying to say. Um sorry. <laughs> so first time watching You're this movie, wrong. I didn't watch I've never seen the 68 special ever. Mm. So hearing Colonel Parker be like we have to do Christmas. We have to do Christmas. I thought they were going to we were going to do blue Christmas. As a thing. Obviously I'm wrong. But but,
1: he did, but that's actually what is in the actual sixty-eight comeback special is Blue Christmas.
0: Oh, it does it is in there? hmm But like it's obvi- when he's in
1: the square and he's sitting there with his original bandmates from the years oh, past. Oh, that's
0: nice. You? But I mean, I thought the if I can dream moment was going mm-hmm. to be Blue Christmas. I mean, I'm happy we got If I Can Dream because that is spectacular. In that Austin,
1: is and just again.
0: All the emotions. Oof. I, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Colonel Tom Parker because <laughs> I am not sure who exactly the lead of this movie is. Yeah, right. Because even though I think it's
1: Elvis, but it's, yeah,
0: it's even, yeah. even though Austin Butler does get top billing at the end, which floored me. Oh, I he should. Yeah. Well, because it's Tom Hanks. But I know, but I know what, what I you
1: mean. mean, but it's I mean, he earned he put in the work. <laughs> he, I
0: wasn't sure though. Mm-hmm. If maybe this is Colonel Tom Parker's story as well. Cuz it kind of is. We like we kind of get his backstory. Um he lies to us throughout the whole time, so we know Yeah uh and we we get morsels of his of truth of his coming out would do you think this would have been a little more interesting if it was colonel tom parker's story and Elvis? i don't think i
1: i don't think i would like it as much and that might be another reason just one of the many millions of reasons that i love this movie from the get go uh it's kind of similar to the way that jesus christ superstar is obviously about jesus but really judas is the narrator okay it's a similar follow, to I'm me that you, and yeah. that kind of fits you know for <laughs> somewhat obvious reasons here um i like as like i said i like that it started you i like that it has him narrating it telling us one thing but we are seeing the total opposite is that just, yeah
0: and know. then I like that they butt heads and they mm-hmm. fought and everything. So it wasn't such a love fest. And I yeah, it's so sad though I mean
1: cuz he just felt like he was tra- he literally was trapped by here he felt trapped by Colonel Parker and he could not okay. get out of that, you know. It was just
0: it was very it's sad. It's so sad and it's so like fascinating. To see Tom Hanks give a layered performance, I'm sorry, I have to give him credit. I know it's, I know we're not yeah. supposed to like him, but mm-hmm. as a for as an actor, like he's giving an honest manipulation of yeah. what happened, what could have happened, or what potentially happened. Yeah, I'm thinking of like every time Elvis would to go visit Colonel Parker to basically break up with him. Um, mm-hmm. Colonel Parker would distract him. Be like, yep. I got a new residence for you. I got this other. I got this plan. I got because you know he didn't have a passport, so he couldn't travel and do the international tour like Elvis wanted. But uh, it's just so fascinating too that, like, at least in this movie's portrayal, there
1: mm-hmm. were people
0: in his life that were like, "You need to leave, Colonel Parker. Yeah, he is not good for you." Like. Gladys, mm-hmm. oh, so smart, sees mm-hmm. through the bullshit and she's mom- yeah, she knew, and then Priscilla doing yeah. the same thing, like yeah. the women are right,
1: <laughs> yeah I've, I've, as usual, uh, yeah, that's the thing, uh, well, first, I want to say like that was one thing again i I didn't know till this movie that Elvis never got to travel around the world i I didn't know, I assumed that he had. Because of the you know superstar status that he ha- that he obviously achieved. Now, yeah, Tom. Back to Tom Hanks' performance. Yeah, a lot of people give him shit for his performance in this. Uh, it's not Ooh. my favorite thing, but then again, rewatching it last night, I actually kind of had the same impression that you just
0: <laughs> and Zoom agrees with you oh, with that's, the thumbs up.
1: Uh, that's Colonel
0: Parker or... No, I don't know I, where he I, is, I, that might but, be your that might be your uncle being like, you know what, you're right. He did a good performance. Okay, thank you, thank you. He, pl- <laughs> he's playing a character. He is, and uh, yeah, and it was more
1: layered. And it, uh, I think you you kind of alluded to this when when we started. At some point, or at least for me too, I I would just start to almost feel bad for him, and then he just do something, and I'm like, oh my god, you son of a bitch! Like you just I mean, like, he just, and he's, like, right out lying to Elvis right after the first mm. Vegas show. He's like, we will travel around the world. And he's looking at that where, no, he's got to keep him here to have his unlimited line of credit and all his debts are raised. It's so, it, ugh. And, and like, I when. The death when he, threats, too, I think. I have I th- a feeling. I thought it was him.
0: Colonel I thought we were going to see it was going to be Colonel Parker sending him the death I believe threat. it was him.
1: I think he was behind it in real life. To, again, to try to keep Elvis paranoid and keep him there. That's a I, theory. I don't think they've been able to prove it, but I know I'm not the only one who thinks that.
0: I honestly... Also... Uh, so I w- I, when the... Uh, when Colonel Parker gave him the itemized list of everything that he owes him, oh my I was God. like, Isn't this that fucker would keep the receipts. Yeah, I mean, $8 million
1: over $8 million. That's ridiculous and think about that because that's supposed to be 1970 or 1971 72 yeah and even so eight million i don't know adjusted for inflation but
0: but it turns out like he took half of
1: everything so who i know he's such a skis and you know another thing that was just ridiculous that the real colonel parker did i found out um I, I took i mean this elvis this was the reason i finally actually paid for spotify because i took a deep dive wow and, like i was listening to the deep cuts and i was just i was obsessed you know so uncle boyd would have been very proud of that um and uh my mom is proud of you thank you mama Yeah. <laughs> and uh but i found something and then i was like i was like watching clips of the real elvis on youtube and everything then I found what there was like this album called oh shit, I should have looked it up, but it was like Elvis Live or Elvis in Person or something. And it was one of the falling outs but one of the falling out periods between Elvis and Colonel Tom Parker, where it was the Colonel put out this album and it's never been released on CD, but it was somebody ripped it and it's the stupidest thing. Cause the Colonel did not thankfully have the rights to the music. Elvis held the rights to his music. So it was a live recording of Elvis, but it was none of the music, just his little bantering with the band and the audience in between. Oh. It's the stupid I started listening to, but he the Colonel put that again. That's the kind of skeezy person that he was to use what he could to make money without Elvis. And nobody wanted to we we all, you know, even those of us who love Elvis, you get an Elvis record, you want to hear him sing. You don't want to hear. You right. know, but it's uh,
0: but it also shows you like but that's in the, the movie. Was. Yeah. In the movie, they also show you with the I love Elvis, I hate Elvis buttons. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, either way, we're making money. So Which in
1: some ways is brilliant, but that you Gladys find, she's the one who said, like you said earlier. That's, bullshit at
0: the that I mean, he is someone that I feel like is still around to this day i feel like we're still mm-hmm. hearing stories like britney spears's father like oh my god um yeah. other other managers <clears throat> other other you know he kind of set the template for that there's always there's always like the financial advisor or somebody who steals all the money and runs away mm-hmm. like we've heard that story before so i think Feel like maybe he's also the first to do this, or at least the first that's like heavily publicized to do. I would say
1: so. no, I, I would say so, and it's really interesting, especially when he kind of first approaches Elvis. Which this was very fabricated, but I think it works for the movie. Uh, at the you know, and first in the Hall of Mirrors, and then they're on the Ferris wheel that stops. You know, so that's very thematic. Oh, when it turned I, into I a mean, horror
0: movie, yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, because I wouldn't want to be stuck up there with him. But, I mean, his dialogue and the look, which is... Maybe this is where people kind of thought it was a bit much, but I think it works for Baz's style. Um, I think it works for the style of the movie. I mean, he is very much like Satan uh, with these temptations that he's giving. I mean, he's not just... To me, I thought I had watching it last night, not just the devil's advocate, but probably the devil himself. Uh, And Now, would would I
0: have... I mean, I love Tom Hanks. Loved his performance. Would I have loved to have seen somebody who is plus size play this character? Yes, of course. But yeah, kind of, yeah. But also, I have. I also have to commend the makeup <clears throat> team, the makeup oh, yeah. designer, because Austin Austin Butler does not look like Elvis any way, shape, or form. I'm sorry, but like... There's like a couple
1: seconds where there's a frame and there's an angle, and I think he does, but other
0: than that, yeah, you're right. But I I mean, like... Yeah, I know what you mean. When you put side-by-side pictures of like Austin Butler's headshot, Mm -hmm. not of Elvis, but of Austin Butler, and then of Elvis, like, they don't look anything alike. And that's
1: what my dad said when I took him to see it. And
0: I I really appreciated that because it also reminded you, you're watching a movie. We're taking yeah. dramatic license. Cause like Austin But now I'm going I'm gonna get a little detailed here. Austin Butler has a very pronounced upper lip that mm-hmm. Elvis does not. But he also has that like sexy swagger face mm-hmm. that Elvis does have.
1: Everything else oh. is that's to me the only way that they don't look or sound similar or, or, or they live with that the the only way that they don't look similar is just the certain facial features but i mean his movements his voice everything else it kind of makes you forget or at least for me makes me forget that till i do look at an actual fo- i've actually got an album i've got an elvis album in my little now playing thing he's looking at me right now Aww. maybe he's thinking it- well he he i i say good night to him and i say good night to james dean i I've, I've lived many gay previous lives i feel like uh
0: you were born in the wrong time period I, well that's guy. for sure that's what, <laughs> that is what everybody says or you're uh, born in the correct time period but to, you have an old make, soul
1: yeah to make sure that people don't forget the good the good stuff uh, that's what, yeah. But uh what was I say? Yeah, you know, With Austin, I mean his transformation, though, it was to me where I didn't even think about that. And again, the movie, uh, it, it did a great job of playing with that. Like I said, if you go back and watch it and look for it, you will be amazed. I even saw even more just last night of like real Elvis hidden. There's Austin. There's real Elvis. It's like it's like, and and sometimes in like little squares because you know how Baz does things, and it's it's amazing and then it works where would any uh with any other director would that have worked probably not because they wouldn't have the vision that he had you know
0: well because like i'm looking at the picture of andreas cornelius von cook uh otherwise known as colonel tom parker even though he's not a fucking colonel he dropped out of the army for fuck's sake Um, after
1: he you know fled holland for the yeah uh
0: they, Tom Hanks does like with the makeup and everything, does look like him. And it also got yeah. me thinking of like other biopics where the queen of biopics, Meryl Streep, wears a shit ton of makeup mm-hmm. to and prosthetics to look like the person. But again, I really appreciate that they didn't like drastically change Austin Butler's appearance to yeah, look they like could Elvis. Have. Because they could have, but I feel like that would have also, like,
1: that would would have hindered his performance.
0: Yeah, we would have lost something Mm. under a rubber mask, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. His his real, that's where, to me, you're watching it, it doesn't matter that he doesn't look exactly like him. He's, because he feels that raw emotion. He understood, it's almost like he studied it. So, I mean, we had to get the hair.
0: Because that's, oh, I think yeah. that's more about Elvis is the hair rather than the it's face. The hair.
1: but yeah, he just understood. He understood the assignment. I'll say it like that. He he did. I mean, it's the emotion, and that's where um, you know Lisa Marie had talked about it before she unfortunately like quickly, you know, just suddenly passed away last. Was that last year? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, where she went in ready to not like it. Which I would be super critical if that was my dad and he was the most famous, you know, music artist of all time. And but she like she just that was another thing that was really precious about this movie, what it brought to Lisa Marie and Austin Butler. As we said, as I said earlier, you know, Austin lost his mom at 23. Right. Lisa Marie uh, a year or or so before this movie, her son, who looked just like Elvis, committed suicide. So he had lost his mother; she lost her only son because she has do- she had daughters as well. They she met him after she saw the movie. They created this bond, or they had this bond. It, you could see it. I think there was um, I don't know if it was Good Morning America, but it was something on ABC. It was a special. And I saw parts of it on YouTube and the two of them sitting together and she was smiling. She was happy. They were both, you know, filling this void for each other. He kind of became the surrogate son for her. She had become the surrogate mother.
0: Oh, that's sweet.
1: And it made me. That's another one that makes me cry when I want to think about it. But you can see it. And it happened because he, you know, of this movie. Yeah. So I know that was really hard for him when she passed. And uh, I think it was the Golden Globe, uh, Golden Globe Awards, which he luckily won. That one I was really, obviously rooting for him at the Oscars to get. I, if 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 the movie didn't get any other Oscar, I wanted Austin to get it for Best Actor. But at least, and he was nominated, so I guess that's you know,
0: yeah, he
1: at least had that.
0: It it has a uh, according to IMDb, it has a total of two hundred twenty three award nominations Mm globe all over um and it has 185 of those 223 nominations that's not bad that's a that's pretty (laughs) damn good and like um i feel like a lot of people come out of the movie loving it i haven't really heard any sort of negative about it? I haven't heard too many It's what's really funny
1: is I you know yeah most people seem to really like it I have a friend and he is a professional film critic Um and he's in Kentucky and he is actually my Rocky Horror Shadowcast biggest fan because he drives and he was here at all of our shows we just did but he doesn't ever like really post his reviews but he posted this the one for Elvis and he hated it and I was like okay and i only i there was like i would see posts about it like from the official page and there'd be some like people like well i don't like it because it's not the real elvis i'm like of course it's not the real elvis it's a biopic he's dead (laughs) (laughs) i know so that was kind of stupid and but you also had like legit like fans that are hardcore fans like i'm like i am with bowie that were like no, he's, Austin is amazing. This is amazing. And I think they went in kind of, uh, they were going to be critical of it, you know. And like, I mean, like I was critical of, even though it was footage of Bowie, but shortly or later that year, the Moon Age Daydream film came out, which uses footage of Bowie. I have been heavily critical of that, but that's not why we're here. Um, (laughs) This, though, was different. I mean, it was a performance by an actor who just got it and got it right and in Baz Luhrmann ended up being I think the perfect person to direct it
0: sorry I'm scrolling through all the all the award nominations that it's gotten and I mean Austin Butler is nominated for almost every category ever mm-hmm. like every leading man category in any of these award shows but I'm seeing a lot for Mandy Walker who is the cinematographer
1: hmm yeah.
0: And she's, it seems like she's won a lot and she was nominated. Well, she was nominated for a ton and won a few of those awards for this yeah. movie. She was nominated for the Academy Award. She won the American Society of Cinematographers USA. I mean, I feel like she did a great job and like yeah. to recreate, but also find a new angle mm-hmm. on certain things like that was that took a lot oh yeah and there's a lot of detail in this and i'm forever happy i've seen this movie now
1: (laughs) well that's good yeah i think it's fantastic movie i mean it made it to my all-time favorite films list i mean obviously like i said i've never seen a movie four times in the theater during its first run i've gone back and i mean i've seen movies like like two times before i've done you know we've all you know especially when we were kids keeper, but Barbie this year I did see three times the third time was just because it was back in IMAX or it was in IMAX and I went you know so Barbie almost made it but Elvis is still my all time uh, the movie I've seen the most in the theater during its first run
0: Uh, is there anything else Tyler you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat
1: oh I've talked about enough already don't you think
0: great let's get into it (laughs) sharp flat So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. I want to start with my flats, if you're okay with that. It's your show, yeah. Great. I mean, (laughs) consent, man. So... Yes, I appreciate that, yeah. You're going to fight me on this one, but you may also agree. I'm going to flat the pacing at the beginning... Just because we're being introduced to this world, and like it mm. is, it it it's like getting hit by a train. Like you're just like your head is spinning. You don't yeah. know what's up. It feels. I see faster. where
1: you're coming from, or I understand.
0: Yeah, it feels faster than other Baz Luhrmann films.
1: Like like Moulin um, Rouge
0: is fast. This one felt like it was Baz Luhrmann on speed.
1: Now, See, I feel like most of Moulin Rouge feels like that to me.
0: Um, or like, I'm, I'm on
1: speed or whatever. But I guess when you think about it, the way Mulan, well, it opens, of course, with the orchestra and everything, but I guess it does kind of slowly get there with him, like the typewriter. Well, mm-hmm. first you have John Leguizamo singing Nature Boy.
0: Okay, I mean, I understand. I mean, at the- least that one eases you into it. This one just, like, slaps you in the face, and you're like, oh. And then it and takes it's a while. Start- yeah, for it's, me, it's- it did take a while to settle into the movie, and honestly, I didn't no. really. I once I settled, I didn't really write anything down because, first, first of all, everything went a little too fast for me to be like, oh shit, I forgot what that was. But then also, <laughs> I was just in it, in the experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah.
0: um, so my next flat is for Colonel Tom Parker, aka Andrea Andreas Cornelius Van Cuyck, not Tom Hanks. The yeah. Not Tom Hanks' portrayal. I'm flatting the actual person. <laughs>
1: I definitely agree with that. Yeah.
0: Um, and then, okay. This is just me. I'm going to flat the comic book moment that happens when we... I didn't like
1: that as much either last night. I have to be okay, honest great. with
0: you. Okay, great. Because I was just like, why is this here? Are we bringing it back? What's so important? Why?" Didn't
1: is completely this- hate it, but I didn't... I kind of... I was, kind of had more issue with it a little bit last night. Yeah,
0: I was more like, "Did we need this?" That's why I'm flatting Ooh. it.
1: It's like a, "Did we need this?"
0: I don't think we needed this. I think it's
1: used a little bit too much for the sequence. Um, I think using that to, you know, I mean it's it's a it's a great way, or it could have been a great way to kind of like concise, you know, concisely is that a word? concisely yeah, yeah, to kind of concisely tell. The story, but in a way, it feels almost inappropriate when it is discussing his twin brothers, you know, still, you know, being stillborn. The fact that it's comic book style, I did like that, you know, when they're now, when it's talking about his obsession with Captain Marvel, and especially when it shows that that's where his look came from with the dark hair, with the curl, and everything. And I really like how then it it has that segue from Chaden, Chay, I don't know, the, the kid. You know, Mm -hmm. he's reading it, and then, I like that. Um, I think if they could have just kept it to that, it would have been perfect. It does feel a bit inappropriate, as, like I said, as showing his birth and his brothers.
0: Yeah, it was just a weird thing that I was like, we didn't need this. And her Um, voice, and
1: her voice over that, too, is like, my darling, you'll have the strength of two men, and it's a comic book version of her. That just doesn't feel right. Um, it's not so right the you... line, it's just the fact that I'm going to agree with that flat. You're going to have a flat?
0: Okay. What about you? What are your other flats, then? Or do you have, have, have any other flats?
1: I have to be... I mean, I, I honestly don't have a lot. Uh, I don't know if this counts, but not having the second 68 Comeback Special Medley on the album, on the deluxe edition. Um, Fuck it. We'll count it. We'll count it. Good. Because... I don't ask for much, okay? <laughs> Just uh, Tom Hanks's performance. I did find a bit more layered. Um, you know what? I think the main reason to a lot of people were giving him shit is because they don't like the character, which is the point. A point. He is a shitty person.
0: So I mean, like I point. said, like I said, Tom Hanks did a great job. Would I have mm-hmm. appreciated it more if it was an actual bigger person playing it? Yes. But yeah. I understand that yeah. you need the name because Austin Butler alone isn't going to sell this movie. I'm sorry oh, yeah. to be so blunt about it.
1: No, now but he would because of this movie. People because know of this movie,
0: him. yes. But People at the time, now. nobody knew who he was. I didn't know uh, who he was. The, he's like a, yeah, like we said, he's like a, a child actor. He who was. Maybe has a fan base, but like, overall
1: but he just showed well denzel washington kind of helped him get the part too uh because he had been in a play on broadway with austin and denzel had never met baz lerman but he called baz lerman said you need to hire this kid oh shit you will be amazed at his work ethic and he was right you know um yeah i i just think and i think the style and the way that it blends you know, I was thrown for a loop when Doja Cat start started playing the first time when he's walking down Beale Street. But then you watch it now, and you're like, "Well, it makes
0: sense." And, and then you and sense. then you remember, "Oh, it's Baz <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then that makes sense. When I mean, when I heard yeah, Britney Spears, and then the Backstreet Boys with that, and said, "Well, of their time, they were Elvis like for us." I mean, it was kind of you know. I still don't think anybody will ever top him in terms of. No fame and celebrity. Beyonce,
0: but, Beyonce, maybe.
1: Uh, is she getting is she getting close. Okay,
0: she's so, getting close. She's
1: getting close, but yeah, no, it made. But it 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 totally made sense. Um, I don't know, man. I don't have a lot of flats.
0: Uh, Great, then let's I, go into sharp.
1: Yeah, good because I I saw it four times in theater, and that was before I had movie pass, so I was paying full price.
0: So Ilana so, yeah. Sharp, Tom Hanks, and Austin Butler, right off the bat. I mean, yeah. we we've. This episode has been nothing but a love fest for the two of them. So, sharp number one. My next sharp is for Gladys Presley being right about the Colonel. And, you know, I want to... What is this actor's name? Um, Helen Thompson plays Gladys. Did a fantastic job, too. Yeah. Um, I want to sh- give a huge sharp to the trouble sequence. Oh, yeah. Cause that's another one where the song is like hitting the nail on the head, but it is so good. <laughs> oh,
1: it is. That whole sequence is just so powerful. It's... Um, oh, I love it.
0: And as much as I did like the 68 comeback special segment of this mm. movie, my sharp is going to If I Can Dream. Oh, yeah. It Once that happened, like, it was... I was transported. I don't know what happened. I, I all of a and sudden it's... all of a sudden I was like hit with this a wave of emotions. I was like what's happening? And like they and like I said I did have that feeling that it was going to be blue Christmas cuz Colonel Parker th- before then was only talking about singing here comes Santa Claus or some mm-hmm. stupid Christmas song. Yeah. And so I thought that was happening, but with all the death of the, like, all the um, assassinations yeah, um, that happened that, you know, you're witnessing um, up until this point, it made sense. And it was so yeah. powerful. Um, oh, it is. And I don't know, I don't know if any of this is true, but it feels like there's some more soul of truth to, like, the writing of If I Can Dream.
1: I, I think it definitely was, uh, and you could say the, that
0: about this whole movie. I don't oh, know if yeah. it's true, but it feels like there's a morsel of pretty truth
1: pretty much there. everything. I think is true. I think there was there's definitely like, like I said earlier with the um like the Hall of Mirrors and then the Ferris wheel scene that just didn't happen that right. way. But it's more interesting in the film that it did. Um, I know the '68 comeback special. A lot of elements of that weren't exactly true. But what was funny is when I was reading all the IMDb trivia or reading it again last night after I rewatched it, uh, according to whoever contributed to that, that was actually more true than I thought, than I realized it was. Um, but uh, yeah, just the rebellion. Yeah, my number... Oh, wait,
0: did you have any more? I Can have I'm... one more sharp. Okay, go ahead. And this one, I don't know if it's true or not, but in terms of the movie, I'm sharpening Elvis building That's All Right and the following performance sequence when he's in Las Vegas. Oh, I know. That, I was like, this is artistry right here. Like, Mm -hmm. it kind of reminded me of the Bohemian Rhapsody moment in Bohemian Rhapsody. It Mm -hmm. felt like, I mean, this moment happens in a lot of these biopics about a -hmm. a, a musical artist, a music artist. But... The way that it was done, and the like, the I guess the scale of it is what really, oh yeah, floored me. Yeah, it's still
1: last night took my breath away, and I've seen it how many times now. You know, I was just like,
0: also, I was, I was a little, I was a little like, this sounds like Viva Las Vegas, but it's not Viva Las Vegas, but it kind of yeah. sounds like it. So I'm not sure uh... if it, if that is, that's all right, like if that's the actual song or if they did like that weird. Layering mashup thing that they did throughout the rest of the movie with the music.
1: No, that's how he played it in like the early seventies there. Or sixty nine was the first one he played there. Yeah, I mean it was kind of that more up tempo. It was like da 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 So he would well, it. I think it would sometimes he would open with that, but he'd also have the same horn intro for, uh, CC Rider. So he would okay. Kind of, he flip it up a bit. Again, I kind of found that out after after the fact watching this movie for the first time um yeah yeah what about you what are your sharps my number one sharp is austin butler i mean it it still amazes me and i hope uh, that boy got
0: like a month of rest afterwards
1: (laughs) he had well something happened to him when they wrapped shooting he had his body had some sort of attack he had to be in the hospital for like a week and it was something like or a virus that kind of mimics appendicitis i think it was saying he threw himself into this and his body i think once they were wrapped on shooting his body was like okay all right you know i mean everything he went through but just oh my god it was so sad again it was like that basically final scene like when he's there on like at the airport and he's in the car and then Priscilla gets back in the car with him and it's uh, my heart and then the way he just mouths to her he said
0: I will always love you I'm like oh my oh, god which do you, do you know the story behind that oh yeah way? yeah so for those of you who don't know um <laughs> <laughs> I I because actually, they may not yeah I wa- I did watch the Dolly Parton um uh, documentary, and she mm-hmm. does talk about this, where Elvis wanted to cover "I'll Always Love You," and mm-hmm. Colonel Tom Parker, I think, did basically all of his all of Elvis's business. Mm-hmm. I'm not, sh- don't quote me on that, but she was like, "Sure," because you know, Elvis, it's Elvis, it's oh, yeah. a big deal. But then Colonel Parker tried to get it so that Elvis would have the sole, or would have a writing credit on it, or the sole writing credit on it, of it. Something, ah, some some weird, anything. some weird snow business fuckery that he does. I know, and and Dolly Parton stood her ground and said no. It was so, good, yeah. I I mean, I also liked I uh, um when they when they said Elvis has left the building because that's also a an apology. They had phrase. to. I mean, yeah. yeah. But like this movie is Easter eggs get central, but mm. I appreciate it. Did it. It was overwhelming at the beginning, but then once we once I settled into it, it didn't feel overwhelming.
1: And I liked too that we didn't really see his face till the first time he's on stage. Yeah. Because uh, we don't see his face. I mean, we see kid Elvis, but uh, and that to me, I have the reaction still that those girls in the audience have. Once he kicks into high gear, and Austin again—he's just embodied. I just feel like Elvis sur- literally blessed him. And I'm so surprised you the one
0: for this. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't mention Bye Bye Birdie in this. I feel like Bye Bye Birdie was out when he was alive. Well, it's it was not about him, and I'm
1: oh well, that's true. And I haven't ever really seen it. I just know that he was with Anne Margaret for uh, whether uh, secret or not. I mean, because they were in Viva Las Vegas together. And then they were together for a while. Uh, um, for a bit.
0: Yeah, it came out on Broadway in 1960. And it's you know. a, a about... It's basically Elvis when he's leaving to go... Because he got drafted. And that is the basis of Bye Bye Birdie.
1: <laughs> can you believe I've never seen it?
0: I can. Because, you know, it's its not for everyone. Uh, do you have any other sharps? The music.
1: And what I mean by the music is how it was integrated and mixed in everything in the film. Um when you really like look at it, it's uh like I said, they mixed a lot of songs that you wouldn't think uh, you know, like there's even a remix of Suspicious Minds. I think in the movie only plays over the end credits, but uses part of um Any Day Now. And it so it's it's uh it's just amazing. Yeah. So the music and the way that was integrated, and again, if you're listening to it, where you can hear the spatial audio, you hear even more. Like I was hearing last night, I was like, "Oh my god!" So yeah. Um.
0: And speaking of music, would you add any of the my songs? My segue. Would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? So for me, mm. I had a little difficulty answering this question because they don't really play the full song. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So. I only really wrote down three and mm-hmm. that's because they were powerful moments um, I wrote down Trouble If I Can Dream and Unchained Melody mm, yeah yeah I feel like though if I got the album I may know more of what's happening <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's,
1: no I mean those are good ones. I I think number one for me would be If I Can Dream because we're going back to my old hippie adage that I most recently very uh because when I was listening to our beyond the valley of the dolls episode where I'm like I'm all about peace and love which you know (laughs) what I am so deal with it because we need more you know I mean but honestly and to be serious again the message of if I can dream we do need that more than ever today you know if I can dream of a better land where all my brothers walk hand in hand where the sun shines down on everyone. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just. I mean, just the words themselves. So that is my life's mantra. Uh, now, I will say, like another one that I love. Um, there was an Elvis song that I had never heard personally until this movie. It's when they first get Graceland. It was called "I'm Coming Home," and the film. It's a kind of a remix that adds some strings and things, and it's an amazing song that I love. Um, And I love the... I don't know why I'm so, like, specific about this second 68 comeback special medley that starts with Up Above My Head.
0: Because Uh, it's stellar. It's fantastic. It is,
1: it's that, and then it goes from that, I think, into uh, Guitar Man, Tiger Man, and then you hear a little bit of I Got a Feeling in My Body, and uh, Let Yourself Go. I mean, it's this cosmic mishmash of everything, and it's... uh, and oh it, and it the is, edge of the edge of reality remix is really good or th- that Tame Impala did on the album as well so that one's really good
0: cuz with uh, <laughs> i mean when you when you see like Bohemian Rhapsody they are that movie is about going to a certain point in their career mm-hmm. and then this one is about his life but we sit in that 68 comeback special for a long period of time it feels like so
1: yeah and it's important but i know what you mean it does feel like well that is a big turning point I it's mean, a ter-
0: it's a turning point but it's not like this movie is culminating to that point in his career oh it, true I, yeah just, that's another
1: section that yeah actually that's when i took like i took a little bathroom smoke break Right before the 68 special, as I thought, this is the spot to it's not a long movie, but it's just and it's, movie. It feel it's like long. a long movie. It doesn't feel like a long movie, it doesn't feel like a long movie. I mean, and I've seen plenty of 90 minute films that feel like they're three hours, you know. But oh, 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 fuck yeah. yeah,
0: oh, fuck yeah. Um, and right, on, yeah. on that note, Tyler, we're done with the episode,
1: yeah, we gotta be because or else I'll just keep to keep in. babbling. Um, I don't know what else I can add I, I people have, I think got from the first few seconds of this that I absolutely love this film and and, uh, I, and you're yeah. gonna
0: make it required viewing for all history classes right in the state of Tennessee. i feel like
1: it should be <laughs> I think it does I think it's very you know it doesn't paint him as like a perfect man which he of course was not um but it I think it still puts him in a you know, I I I believe he was a really good, decent person, very caring person who circumstances I feel like were kind of beyond his control. He got out of hand. Uh, and you see that in this in this in this uh, film adaptation But I love it. I love Austin Butler, and this will forever be in my top favorite films of all time. So what do you have to plug or promote? I don't think I have anything right now. By the time okay. this airs, though, that might change. I don't know if people want to see though; they can just follow me, Tyler Henry Actor, at Instagram, because uh, I'm either doing something or posting about obsessions like this. So yeah. <laughs>
0: um. And if you if you have more information about Elvis, or if you if there was something that um wasn't that the movie like. Definitely took a huge creative license on. I'd love to hear about it. You can email mm. me at buddhasongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buddhasongpod. Um, have uh, oh, 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 if you're listening to this and you are actually at the 68 <sighs> comeback special recording, please ooh. message either Tyler and I. We have some questions or not. We just want to geek out with you. Um, oh, yeah. And, Okay. So this is episode 299. So if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, it's episode 300, everyone. It's another milestone episode, and we're going to be we're breaking format, because that's what we do every 50 episodes. It's a milestone. And we're going to be covering the music of Riverdale. Oh. Not the musical episodes. These are the other performances throughout the series. So yes uh, Tyler thank you so much for coming back on and thank you, oh, thank you thank for you having for me giving me a reason to finally watch this movie even though I'm like shame on me for not watching this earlier
1: it, to be fair it's still fairly new it only came out last year And you've, true you know. but
0: like I could have gone to the theaters and experienced it there oh no I mean it'll
1: be fine I bet you uh, it might be in another year or something I bet Baz Luhrmann might possibly make, release the four hour cut in theaters hopefully that will have an intermission um like martin scorsese's latest well i'm not we're not here for that
0: yeah you yeah, know uh anyway, thank you everyone for, yeah. thank you everyone for listening and bye for now bye special thanks to justin johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to nick bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.